What's up, y'all? You're now listening to the What Now Podcast. I'm Dr. Spencer Dupre, owner of Empower Chiropractic. And I am Dr. Zach Thompson, owner of Within Chiropractic. The purpose of this podcast is to document and share the experiences of two young business owners as we open our own brick and mortar chiropractic practices. Join along as we discuss all of our wins, our losses, insights, and the many, many lessons we learned. As a disclaimer, none of this is ever intended to be medical, legal, or financial advice. Yo, 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 what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the What Now Podcast with your homies, Dr. Spencer Dupre and Power Chiropractic and the boy, Dr. Zach Thompson. When you said everybody, for whatever reason, I just heard NSYNC going, everybody, yeah, yeah, yeah. rock your body. Oh, no, it's Backstreet mm, Boys. Dang, mm, I messed that up. Mm, mm. I apologize. I apologize. Is then it? They say, then they say immediately back Backstreet. Back. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Definitely not in sync. It sounds like it should be Justin Timberlake, though. Yeah, is Anyways. that a corny chiropractic clinic, Backstreet? I hope not. It might be, I though. It I, st- I still think... There, I still have a dream to open Jurassic Park one day. Poly just because, man. Just because. Just because. I don't think that actually the episode where we talked about those awful things uh, actually made it onto the show. Um, I think that's good. That's, it's okay to have out, outtakes. Subscribe to our Patreon and you'll get exclusive <laughs> access to our outtake podcast. Special exclusive offers. Uh, link in the bio. Sign up for the Patreon. Anyway. Um, we, we do welcome, not, by the way, we do not have a Patreon. We don't have a Patreon. Not yet. We don't have any of those things yet, but uh, welcome back, guys. We're back with another episode. Thanks so much for uh, returning back to the show. Uh, thank you to all the people who uh, let us know that they are consistently listening. Uh, thank you for letting us know that we are consistently providing value. And uh, yeah, I think that what we're going to get into today is the talk about consistency. And I know that we're not uh, been as consistent as we'd like in posting episodes, but we are still consistently recording. Those will be up soon. Yeah. Um, yeah. At, and I'll, I'll take anyway. I'll take extreme ownership on that one. That is, since we have switched over to Zoom, we have been using my Zoom, and so it it uh, obviously downloads on my computer, and then I'm supposed to upload it to our Google Drive. Uh, for then Spencer then puts it wherever he puts it and I uh, I forget so I apologize for the lateness on a couple of these episodes but yeah let's let's dive into consistency and um, before we do that Spencer any any wins or any lessons uh, micro lessons you've learned in the last week since we've last recorded yes do you have, uh, do you have a gateway bronco yet stop I don't okay. no not yet dang it but um, no, big win is uh, we have officially, officially hired our first chiropractic advocate. Yeah. Uh, her name is Logan. Yeah, it's could, awesome. Could, her first day was yesterday. If I could snap, I'd snap for you. And I'm not going to clap over the mic. So where to go, Thanks. Dude. Thanks. Um, yeah, it's been really great. Uh, her, yesterday was her first day. Uh, she crushed it. And um, the big win is uh, she didn't cry on her first day or feel super overwhelmed. Um, she told me she had a great uh, positive like first experience, uh, whether she lied about it or not. We'll find out in the, the next coming months. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was good. Um, a big thing that I tried to check myself with yesterday is not to overload her. Um, and so uh, Yesterday, 
we sat down together and we created our power list for today. If you guys don't know what the power list is, uh, Andy Frisella's episode 16 on Real AF talks about the power list. Uh, we'll probably get into that a little bit today, but we crushed all the tasks on our power list. Um, and so yesterday was a W, so we chalked that up, and that's great. That's huge. So big wins for me, yeah. Super what about proud you, Zach? Big, big uh, fatherly proudness for you. I think thanks one one getting to see you grow in the last few few months uh and off and also knowing your leadership style i'm excited for not just you but also um what was her name you said logan logan excited for logan too she's gonna she's gonna learn a ton um and she's she's in good hands with a with a guy like you so kudos to you making that higher i know it's it's been a been a ride for that um so that's awesome excited to see the growth that comes thanks. i would say Big win for us. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, I got one. Sorry, it took me a second. But um, we're we're in Colleyville, Texas. And so there's quite a few chiropractors. And with that, it's taken us a good little bit to get some traction on Google. Um, mm. And we actually had our first person. Now, this is seven months into practice. We had our first person call and say they found us on Google um so we've been you know doing all the right things it's just taken a little bit to see uh see the the uh flowers bloom if you will um and so it's just it was really cool you know i was it was right before i forget what i was doing but i wasn't seeing a patient i think i was recording progress exams and um i heard the call come in and joshua you know took him through our, our script and everything and it was super awesome and i was like Where'd that come from? And he said, Google. And I was like, huh? For real? And so it was just really cool to see our, our first Google. Um, and I'd been telling him, you know, once we got verified on Google and everything, uh, we started getting, you could get so many spam calls. So like off the chart. Um, and I was telling him, I was like, hey, I think that's a good thing. Because everyone I've talked to, they like, once they get verified and like Google starts figuring yourself out, like you just got to start getting spam calls. And I'm like, I think it's a good thing because at some point we're going to, not have it be a spam call. It's going to be someone that found this via Google. So uh, super, super excited there. Uh, and just another testament to, you know, sometimes you do have to plant seeds that take a long time to to grow. Um, and this one took a little bit. I know you've had great success with Google. Um, and well, that's because I'm the only person in my area. Yeah, but you've also, I mean, yes, you're the only person in your area, but you've also put in a lot of time with your Google. Um, that's very true. So don't discredit yourself there. Um, but yeah, it was it was just really cool. You know, we were, I think, the twelfth chiropractor in Colleyville or thirteenth. Like, there's a, a frick ton. Um, so finally now, like top three listings, uh, of chiropractor near me in Colleyville. It was just pretty dope. Pretty dope. Nice. That's good. Yeah. That is good. Yeah. It's uh Google's a tough space because uh, it doesn't matter how well your uh, website traffic is. If uh, someone's paying more money than you on Google, they yeah. will rank higher than you. But it's actually, um, it's kind of crazy because like I find myself and I know a lot of people, they say like, oh yeah, whenever they see sponsored next to the link, they just kind of scroll past it, mm-hmm. um, which is I interesting. That's, I mean, that's, so, that's me as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To to do, I'm doing a thing, um, just like a quick tidbit for people who have Google pages or looking up their Google, uh, the amount of time people spend on your website is the key. Uh, average website time uh, is under three seconds uh so the amount of time that you have to make an impression on someone with your website is three seconds 
Um, so I am today recording a video uh, with this guy that I met through a networking group where he puts a bubble. It's a video bubble. So every time somebody comes up onto your page within the first second, it says, hey, watch me. And uh, they put that up there. It's already locally uh, put on there. So it's not as like, it doesn't have to draw a bunch of crazy other stuff from like a YouTube or something. Um, and he's got a bunch of other things, but it, but he showed me a lot of statistics for a lot of businesses in my area. It raises their average Google time uh, or Google page time from uh, like just under three seconds to over a minute and 10 seconds. Yeah. Um, and so that's crazy for your, uh, for your SEO. Anyway, we'll talk about that in another episode, but. And, and one second, just cause we're, we're on this topic and you know, we are, I mean, we do have a very regimented structure. If you haven't been able to tell, we are a very regimented podcast. We have our three things we're going to talk about. Um, no, it's a total joke. Um, but on, on the topic of Google, what I've learned working with, with Dr. Travis Stewart and the, the moves team up in Boulder is just like Spencer said, you have three seconds on Google. It's the same with your Facebook uh, and Instagram post too. That's the importance of a hook. And when you're running Facebook ads, they, Facebook actually will check, okay, how long is someone watching this video? Um, and then should we be pushing it more? So it's, it's been really cool to see that as well. Um, and some of the videos that I thought were going to like crush it on Facebook, absolutely stink. And then the ones that I've spent like two minutes on absolutely crush. So there's also that dichotomy of, you know, you spend all this time. I think I spent 12 hours on one video, uh, you know, uh, cutting it up and getting captions and using Adobe pro. Um, and it hasn't done Jack, nothing. And then another video of me walking through an adjustment that took about eight minutes to record, but then all I had to do is add captions, um, has been absolutely slapping. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a testament to, uh, authenticity and how people really search for organic content, mm-hmm. um, and just organic interaction. Some of the people that, uh, I like have like really geared myself up for, for their like first visit, uh, they always end up like, the experience is not necessarily always hundred percent. And the people that I'm like, Oh man, they're just in here. And, uh, I guess I'll get this done. Uh, even though I'm still excited to see them, it's not like a, Oh man, I got to stake my whole career on this case. Um, those people have been like some of the best, uh, Hmm. practice members ever. Um, so it's all, it's all about how you connect with people, uh, whether it's in face to face on their webpage or through social media, it's just about, uh, being organic and just putting that kind of content out there. And that's why we like to do that here on this podcast because, Mm -hmm. uh, it's not scripted. It doesn't feel so regimented. So it feels more real and it allows people to connect with you more. So, uh, in that, in the theme of this podcast about just kind of documenting what's going on through our journey. Um, let's talk about that. Let's just talk about like, um, what's going on and just how, now that we're a couple, uh, a little over half a year each in just like what's been going on for the last six months for us, uh, and what the day-to-day looks like for us. Yeah. And I think, you know, to, to kind of start that conversation, what you and I had been talking about prior to pressing record was, realizing that in some aspect you are doing the same thing day in and day out. And I think for a lot of chiropractors in particular, but a lot of people in our generation, whether you're millennial or Gen Z, there's something, it's obviously not sexy to do the same thing over and over again. And I think with this new age of social media, we see all the time how glamorized and glorified the entrepreneurial, I want to say entrepreneurial, uh, sect or entrepreneurial kind of uh, community 
uh, can be very glamorizing. You're going on these big trips or you're, you're always at the beach. You can work from anywhere. And I mean, there are people that are doing that successfully, but there's, there's also a lot of time that you got to put in the kitchen, you know, cooking up your recipes and it takes going in day in and day out and consistently doing the same things. Because if you're not consistently doing the same things, at least I have found when I, you know, just jump into this new thing or, you know, uh, don't, I, for me, one of my, my morning or morning routines, at least once or twice a week is folding our, our face cloths. And to me, that really puts me in the zone. And, and that's not something I ever, uh, want to really, uh, let go of. Like my mom is in town. They just moved here and she had seen that, like that laundry was done at my apartment because they had to stay with me for a couple, couple nights. And she was like, oh, I'll fold it for you. And I was like, no, like that is my morning routine. That is what like puts me in the zone. It's my five minutes of just clarity. I get to, you know, really reflect on the office, reflect on, you know, yesterday, but also think about, okay, these are the patients I'm going to be seeing today. Um, and that's a consistent thing that that I've really been doing that I really find allows me to not only get in the zone, but it's also... To me, it's it's part of you know getting the shovel in the ground and, and digging up dirt to build as big a hole as possible. Um, and I mean that in a business aspect of it's, it's allowing me to to big a a big foundation. Um, I guess hole wasn't the right word, but allowing me to build a big foundation uh, because I'm just picking up the shovel and 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 digging up dirt. So that's, yeah, I that's mean, really where we go. Yeah, uh, I mean, all the people that you see online that are like, I work from home or blah, 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 usually, and like they're on the beach or something like that, typically, uh, I mean, sometimes they can have started up from scratch, but usually they're like, I started my own branch of somebody else's thing from scratch, kind of, mm -hmm. right? And usually it's like, I have an e-commerce online thing, or I sell ebooks, or I am on Amazon or something mm -hmm. like that. Like, you're not it's typically not your brick and mortar uh, entrepreneurs because uh, typically those people that uh, do those things are, and do have brick and mortar are not on social media behind the camera. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's really all about like the day-to-day -day stuff. I mean, when you're trying to build something uh, and especially if it's physical and it's a community thing, there's really not a lot uh, as what I've learned. Uh, there's not a lot that's going to change in your day to day. Um, and that's because you if we always say like, you know, we want to consistently show up for people, then you have to consistently show up and do the same things. Yeah. Right. And uh, consistently showing up for people and being able to serve people. And we talk about in chiropractic like, oh, man, it takes repetition, consistency, effort, um, development and all of that stuff takes time and it's going to occur naturally. And what we're trying to do is facilitate the natural um, progression of the nervous system through chiropractic care, dude, I mean, there's no difference in uh, that and what you're doing in your practice, right? You have to consistently show up. You got to fold the laundry, got to vacuum the floors, got to train your team, got to mm -hmm. sign into the webpage, got to answer the phone calls. All those things are super important because what it does is it literally changes the, the habit of that, right? Like we said uh, in the last episode, uh, like your operation system is your nervous system of your practice, right? And so if your nervous system is not continually fine-tuned and has all this variability and it has no uh, potential to adapt in its capacity for stress, like if you literally can't uh, show up and do the same thing over and over again, the minute that something changes in your practice, uh, you're going to change.
right? Yeah. And so, um, I think I think too on that on that basis, and I think where I was trying to go before I got my mind just went poof, totally different direction. But I think too what what I see a lot in our peers, and I'm sure you can relate to this, is there's a lot of oh, I just can't wait for this next vacation. Or I can't wait for you know Memorial Day is next weekend. It's like I can't wait to just have that that Monday off or. Uh, all these different things. And and I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with looking towards that next vacation, but I think part of the entrepreneurial spirit is to get out of the rat race. And to me, getting out of the rat race and, you know, working nine to five is, is that I follow, I have fallen in love with doing the monotonous. I think there's, there's, there's a joy. Like I was talking about with folding, folding the face cloth. Like there's a joy that comes to me that I one have this incredible blessing to fold these face cloths and there are people coming in through the doors and so there's a moment of gratitude for that right but there's also things that you need to just fall in love with because if you're constantly looking to outsource and look to uh get to that next vacation then you're you're just going to be constantly stuck in that rat race and you're going to be constantly um you know never fulfilled in your own practice that you had been dreaming of for so long and now you're now you're just waiting for a vacation or you're waiting for a day off. And it's to me, uh, at least in this stage, being seven months in, I, I really don't want to get there yet. Um, and before you're like, oh, you're going to burn out. Like I get plenty of rest when when Friday afternoon comes around, like I'm resting um, when Saturday rolls around. I'm re like to me, rest is not I don't have to be on a beach to be resting. Like to me, resting is, you know, going on a walk with Morgan, my girlfriend, or like just hanging out with with her dog. Uh, soon to be our dog, like, you know, like just doing these things that to most people are, would seem like rather boring to me, it just gives me a lot of fulfillment. So I think having a, a real chat with yourself about what, what is going to give me rest, what is going to give me uh, fulfillment and really bringing that into your practice will go a long, long way. Um, or at least it has for me mentally. I can't say like success wise, um, but I, I know mentally that there's, there's a certain joy I get when I, when I walk into this space and and really get to to serve serve our people yeah yeah i mean um it's just like how how committed to the vision are you like really uh, kind of like we talked about last time if if you're really trying to strive for something like um conor mcgregor just put out that new documentary on netflix it's awesome i heard it's good um, it's good yeah i watched it all. it's yeah. really better actually the best part is when he gets knocked out uh he gets beat by dustin uh twice in a row and that's the best part in the show it gives me chills watching that fight anyway um man i think that like mma is so cool and uh once i have uh i don't know maybe not once i have but uh once i find a gym that i feel like is good and i can uh, fit that into my schedule uh, i would really like to start fighting i just think that some like the preparation uh that goes into these camps and stuff is so cool man like if you are like a pro bodybuilder or you're like uh mma fighter something where or really just any sort of competitive athlete like the amount of work that really like goes into the prep for just the one moment that's a blink of time like mm -hmm. if you really think about it like people who do bodybuilding do you do like you take dude, some people take like you know uh, three years to get ready for a show they go up on stage they're on stage for like three hours max mm -hmm. yep. and like like that day lasts like it, it's one day right like you spent three years for one day mm -hmm. and you like push your body to the entire limits and then and it's like to come up short like to not win 
Yeah. Those people well, it's I'm, the... I'm honestly more impressed with than the people who get first. Like Seabum, do you like he's awesome? He's a beast and he's got a great team around him and stuff. He wins every time and he deserves that win. But for the people that compete next to Seabum and get second and mm-hmm. third every time next to him and still show up, those people impress me a lot more than yeah. the, those people that win. Because it would be very easy. Two things that you said really came to mind, but on that topic, it would be really easy to put in all that work for two, three years and then get silver or get second place to see and be like, screw this. Like, I'm never going to beat this dude. But the guys that are typically next to him on the podium, those guys are continuing to put in work. It's not like they lost one time and just gave up. And I think that's a big aspect of entrepreneurship where you, you can put in all this work. And for whatever reason, I, there's no like placing in entrepreneurship, but like you may not get the the first place prize that you thought you deserved. Right. Um, but you gotta, you gotta get back in there. You gotta, you know, I, one of the best things I heard on the topic of Seabum, I heard an interview of him uh, about like, what is he going to do? The Arnold or the Mr. Olympia is in Vegas. Right. And Vegas is obviously party, party town USA. And they asked him after you win, he's won what eight times now after you win, what are you going to do? And he's like, I'm going to go have this uh, Greek yogurt dessert thing that I love from this one restaurant in Vegas and then I'm going to be asleep by 9 p.m. And I'm going to be on the Stairmaster at 6 a.m. The next day after he just won the biggest award in his sport. And that's why he's continuing to win over and over again. It's not, you know, yes, he has a team, but it's that dedication. And it's because he's consistently showing up and uh, not that me folding face fuzzies is going to get me to be Mr. Olympia. But it's that continual process of doing the same things over and over again, even if they're monotonous. Being on the stair climber freaking sucks. If you've been on it, you know it's just the worst thing. Anything that is stationary, treadmill, bike, rower, like they're mentally draining. You're like, I'm doing all this work. I'm not getting freaking anywhere. I'm seeing the same thing over and over again. But you got to put in the work. You got to you got to get on that stairmaster and and just go. And you got to go for 30, 40. 50 minutes and and let those calories burn and know that there are greater, greater gifts waiting for you when you're, when you're all set and done. So I totally relate to, I mean, we always relate things back to the gym. We're big gym guys. We were walking on the treadmill together this morning, Holding hands. but, but again, there's just, if you haven't ever done a 12 week or a 16 week or trained for a half marathon or any of these type of things, I strongly suggest before you even get into into business, especially if you're a student, like just commit to something for 14, 16, 18 weeks and watch your, not only your body transform, but your mind just absolutely go to another level. Yeah. I mean, dude, in the Connor uh, documentary, uh, and I mean, I'm like by no means a Connor McGregor fan. Like I respect him as a fighter. He's made billions of dollars. He's ultra successful. Am I like a fan of his? Eh, I mean, I'll watch his fights, but I really want to see him lose uh, more of a Connor hater. But I was re- just because he fights in Dustin Poirier's weight class. But anyway, um, what's so like what amazed me about Connor McGregor is like uh, the first time he fights Dustin, he, he talks like. He, uh, he gets absolutely beat, bro, like knocked out. And then uh, literally next day, you know where he's at? 6 a.m. gym. Yep. Right. And he says, and they said, Connor, what are you doing you, after this fight? He was getting ready for the next one. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and uh, so then there was like this period of like two years where Connor didn't get pitched a fight by the UFC. And uh, he literally was going through his same training camp regimen um, the entire time. Like he said, he's like, I've been fight ready for eight months. Mm-hmm. And he's like, there is no difference 
to me between like camp and no camp. Yeah. He's like, he, Connor is, he's so rich. Like he buys this yacht and he like took his yacht to uh, Monterey and they're like in the bay and he has a gym with an octagon like in the yacht. And he's like yeah. literally like getting up on the yacht and fight and like literally getting in these rounds with his trainer uh, while he's on vacation. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That like, that takes a different beast to do that. And, mm-hmm. um, and literally like, uh, he breaks his leg in the after the second fight against Dustin, and the first question he asks his uh, surgeon after the surgery is, "When can I start to train again?" And he said, "And like, this is actually what's crazy is like the trainer was like, in uh, he says like to use the ankle after like a full break. He goes, uh, in like eight weeks, um, you you should be able to like get back on the bike." And he goes eight weeks and he's like yeah and he's like that's nothing then and he's like if all and he's like will i be able to do more than ride the bike he's like no that's probably it and he's like well how long do you think i do that he's like probably like for four months he goes oh well then that's all i need <laughs> he's he said yeah i'm like that's crazy man he's like all i need to do is be able to ride this bike for four months and he said what can i do in the, those eight weeks there he's like you could do like pull-ups and stuff like connor like full leg cast like mm-hmm. pull, crazy man crazy consistency and it's all about the process and um and like, it's hard, you know? And, and so like, we were talking in our group chat with all of our friends, like who are in practices. And that's like, honestly, one of the most like important, uh, group oh, chats yeah. ever. Yeah. I always pay attention to that thing. Um, talking about, you know, when was the first hardest month for you? And we were all kind of going back and forth and, uh, we all came to the consensus pretty much that it's like, man, if it was easy, it wouldn't be worth doing. Yep. You know, yep. if you were just chilling, uh, you know, working, if, if your clinic yeah, I mean, was only open 12 hours a week, like what would be the purpose of that? Yeah. One, like, is that your vision and your mission? Like, is your vision to build a practice where you only have to be there for 12 hours? Or is your vision actually, like, does your vision in your head match the vision that you put on your website, right? Like yep. your vision on your website might be to serve the community in the biggest ways, but in your head, when you're not in the office or when you're thinking about it, your vision is, oh, I'm just going to build this up until I can only work on Mondays. Um, and then I'm like, okay, well, I don't know if that, that really matches. And now there are pinnacle offices or, you know, there are quite a few offices where they'll see six, 700 people in two and a half days. So that's still really freaking impressive. Right. Um, that's really a, a huge capacity for a doctor to be seeing 600 to 700 patients a week, uh, especially in two and a half days. Um, but they, they continue to see the same amount of people while shrinking back their hours it's not they took a they took a less workload if you will to see less people they're continuously a large amount of people while under this this smaller load um but what i wanted to also add too was and i'm just now completely blanking so spencer what did you say like two minutes ago oh uh about it about it being hard and if you i would definitely recommend expert secrets by russell brunson uh, creator of ClickFunnels, there's an aspect of Donald Miller who talks about the story, story branding and the hero journey. And if you think about any movie, any movie that you really like, don't think about the crap movie, but think about like those really good movies, whether it's Star Wars or Harry Potter or the Marvel movies that continue to make like big, big bucks, right? There's a reason. It's not, yes, the, the graphics are great, but it's because of the story. It's because, you know, the main character has to overcome has to overcome their alter ego or they have to overcome their ego. They have to beat the villain. And there's this big lead up to that. Right. And then there's this big celebration. 
you would never want to watch a movie where the person opens their business and it's great from the beginning. There's no struggle. There's no, nothing because when you see them succeeding, it's, it's like, well, yeah, you've been doing it this whole time. And so I think we do have to get into a different mindset of this is going to suck for a little bit, but Hey, that's okay. Because I know, I know it's on the other side of this. I know what, so as long as you're doing the right things, right. And that's why it's super important to have uh, mentors and coaches and, and a good, good group around you to know that, okay, I'm doing the right things. And maybe I haven't seen it happen in the first two or three months, but in, in some aspect, I know this is going to be huge uh, once, once things do start clicking. And so I think, I think, I don't know. I don't think we were led astray in chiropractic school, but I, I definitely remember hearing quite a bit. Uh, it's super easy, especially if you're a good adjuster, your practice is going to explode as soon as you open. Um, and I, I th I've heard that a lot. And I continue to hear that when I speak to students, it's like, Oh, like, I just got to get good at adjusting and my practice will be successful. There is a frick ton more that goes into developing a, a successful practice than just being a good adjuster. It goes a long way. Don't get me wrong, but I'm sure Spencer can attest to this. There are a lot of very successful practices where they ain't good adjusters. Um, and there's plenty of practices where there's great adjusters and they're not very successful. So it, it kind of goes back back and forth with both ways. And you got to be able to do everything consistently, consistently, consistently for time and time again, uh, just as Seabone does for his prep. You got you to put time under tension. It's a big aspect and a big theme that we talk about a lot, but your your business muscle is not going to grow if it's not put under stress, right? And so you got to continue to put stress under it. Yeah, I mean, um, I was talking to Kate the other day and uh, I was like, man, I wish that like I would have come from like a trust fund family and like or like have been like uh, just blessed, like and given this like huge lump sum of money to where like we wouldn't have to like worry about money at all. You could buy whatever you want. You could do whatever you want. Like daddy's going to swipe the card and I'll be OK. And um and I said, you know, because I wish I could just practice for fun because I would still do the exact same thing that I was doing, except I wouldn't have to worry about collections and stuff. And then I was like, man, you know, without that, though, like without the pressure and without the uh, need to actually show up, I pr you probably wouldn't do it mm -hmm. like it really wouldn't be worth it. Right. Like without the struggle, there is no there is no hero. Right. Like without the without the failure, like there cannot be success, like without the uh, without the weight, there cannot you cannot have strength. Right. If you carry no weight, you cannot be strong. Mm -hmm. Right. And sometimes uh, just the weight of yourself is enough to actually increase your strength. Right. And so until you can actually carry yourself and uh, like do a push up. Right. You're not going to bench press a lot mm -hmm. um, unless you can do an air squat. You're not going to be doing overhead squats, whatever. But um it's all about that right like and then i was talking to her about you know like i was working at the joint for so long and it sucked but it didn't at the same time because it gave me appreciation for my practice and mm -hmm. like literally the ability to just come into my own place with my name on the door and turn that key to the office and even if there was no one in here it was still better than being like worked like a dog and underappreciated because um i mean that was that was the huge realization where i was like no there is no turning back like i can't turn back anymore because um 
I'm like fully committed to the whole process, right? And uh, I have just recently joined Team Whoop. Uh, for a while, I was Team Fitbit. Um, and I'm all about like tracking my stats, tracking all those things because I like having the measurables just to see how I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the biggest things that people complain about Whoop is that the fact that it doesn't have a screen um, and all it does is track. And I'm so a, when you I'm work out with people. the yeah, and so what what it's been teaching me in the gym, um, it's kind of crazy because like so you press start in your gym activity and uh it sets a goal and it doesn't set a goal for like calories burned or anything like that. It literally sets a goal of how hard you need to work. And it's called your strain. Mm-hmm. And uh well, like when you're working out, you know, you don't have your phone, like or at least I don't, like attached to my hip or like in my hand the whole time. And so I just uh I just like say like, Oh, this is my workout. And I just get it done. And, um, the whole process is work as hard as possible to get to this goal. When you're done with all of the things that you've set out on your task list to do, I check and see, have I hit my goal or not? And some days I crush it and I'm way past my, uh, like desire, like that, my goal effort. And some days I'm under it. And so I'm like, Oh man, I'm under it. And I'm like, we're just going to keep going. But it's not about like, it, it makes it just as sweet to both do the work and then like look up and then be like, oh man, like we've hit it or like, oh man, I'm short. And it's like, that's okay because I've done all of this work. And so all I got to do is just do more of the same thing and I'll just get, get to that goal. Right. So it's yeah. like, man, it's like get, get to this effort level and it's like, oh, well I've done five sets and it's like, well, I haven't hit my effort level. So it must mean I have more in me. And uh, if I, if I have more in me, then it's like, all right, I'll do another five. And then you get, then you get there. And after that five, you're like, you just crushed it. And it's like, man, that's, yeah. that's really cool. Uh, no, there's no like immediate feedback uh, with yeah. the whoop. And I think that's been super, um, it's, it's been really, really good. It's really cool to hear like you talk about the whoop in that aspect, because when I was training for my marathon with, with coach Pierce show, who's just an amazing man from God. Uh, but we we did zone two training. So I had to have, I had to be tracking my heart rate because my heart rate couldn't go over 155. And if so, I had to slow down. And when I first started training for that marathon, all of our training was in zone two. And I'm a bigger dude. I, I wasn't very, my VO2 max was like 39 when we started training for this marathon. So that means my heart rate got, got high quickly. So I think I was running, I was probably closer to walking like a 13, 14 minute mile to keep my heart rate under that. 155 and i remember having a conversation with pierce like dude this marathon's going to take forever if i have to do this he's like just stick with it um and again having that coach was was super awesome and having to stick to his program for three months because it got to the point where not for a full marathon but for a good 10 12 miles i could run a, a 10 minute mile 10 10 11 minute mile at under 155 heart rate which you know just three months prior i had been having to do it three minutes faster. And if you haven't run, that might not sound like a whole lot, but it's a big, big difference. And I just remember, you know, doing a run post marathon. And I was like, man, like this is, this is crazy. Like just how different I feel. Like my VO2 max got up to 48, 49. Like we improved on so many different aspects, but not that running got easier, but it definitely got a lot smoother and my mental game definitely improved. And that's why I'm a big proponent of sticking with a program and being consistent with it. I think there's, a big reason Spencer and I got on this topic is when we talk with a lot of our peers, and I know I'm guilty of it too at, at, in some regards, but a lot of us, are, especially early on, we're always looking for the next thing. We're always looking for the next marketing thing or the next mm-hmm. this or that, or, you know, really we, we bounce around a lot. And I think this, this should be a whole episode, but 
when we're constantly looking for the next thing and we haven't implemented and really stuck out uh, this program or this plan for three, six, nine, 12 months, we're not going to see the the fruit of any of it. If we're just constantly bouncing back and forth and like, oh, this is the next best thing. This is a new shiny object. You're, you're not sticking your feet in a firm foundation. And of course, you're not going to see uh, the benefits of whatever that person was was mentioning you would see, right? If you don't see the results in the first month, well, I mean, why would you expect that? I mean, unless they're they're telling you like you're going to see 40 new patients in, in the first month um, and that expectation isn't met, then yeah, that's more on them. But you got you to gotta stick with it. Um, and and I know I was guilty of it. I was utilizing weightless workshops. And after two months, I was like, this just ain't, ain't it for me because I wasn't seeing the fruit. Uh, meanwhile, Steve Tullius, the, the creator, had been doing it for 12 years and, you know, really had it mastered and dialed in. Um, so I, I bounced around, but it, it's definitely a, a theme among our peers. And I know I'm sure even listeners, whether you're in chiropractic school or um, whatever, whatever you might be doing, you got you to gotta stick to the program. You got you to gotta see it through. Um, and if you don't see results in the first month, then it's it's not on that that program. It's it's on you and your willingness to to stick it out through the weeds. Yeah, I mean, my comment whenever you said like uh, on the topic of what's the next best thing, my only comment is the next best thing is the thing you just did, mm-hmm. and you just do it again. Um, I have this one program by Marcus Philly. It's called the Pump Forty. It's a forty session program, um, and I've done it. This is my third time through it, all 40 of them. And I mean, really, you think like, oh, man, 40 workouts. It's really not that much. It's not even a year's worth of, of yeah, exercise. It's like 10 weeks, 10, eight to 10 weeks. Yeah, well, I work out I work out four days a week yeah. uh, where I follow this program. If I exercise more than four days, I'll like play basketball, go on a walk or something like that. But I, I lift four days a week and I follow this program and I've done it three times. Yeah, that's only it's only 40 weeks. It's not even a full year of exercise. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, like we all think like, Oh man, hurrah. Like I've gone through this thing. What's my reward? Like, yeah, you can get, have a reward or whatever, but but it's like, what's the next thing? Where where do I move on to? And like, dude, the answer is most likely probably just do it again. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I went to the networking group and I went there (laughs) and no, and nobody signed up to be a patient or nobody asked me to get under care. Mm-hmm. And if, if you go to these things and you're like, well, it's probably not fruitful. It's like, well, you didn't give it a chance. Yeah. It's, it's probably do it again. Like, right. Whenever you first start dating, you meet this person and uh, hopefully you're not like, Oh yeah, this is where we get married. Um, and, uh, but you go on a first <laughs> date and it's like, well, what's next? Well, well you probably do it again. Right. Yeah. You probably hang out again and again and again and again and again and again until you feel like it's actually something fruitful. Yeah. Um, but like, you can't, if you don't have a big enough sample size, uh, then you can't say it's actually valid. I mean, that's the thing that they hit chiropractors with all the time. It's like, well, you don't have enough research. You don't have enough research. So it's not valid. It's like, mm-hmm. well, you probably don't have enough research because you probably haven't had enough people that have the belief in chiropractic to do the research over again. <laughs> if we would stop invalidating everything we do because a sample size of five doesn't, uh, work well, well, it's probably that, right. I mean, they have all these studies about uh, chiropractic and how it does or does not help this or that or this or that. But it's like after four sessions of chiropractic care, we've seen no improvement. It's like, yeah, it's because you haven't done it enough. Yeah. That'd be like, and, that'd be like going to, to a cardio session or a cardio, like lose, lose weight, like lose 10 pounds. I'd be like, well, after two sessions, I didn't lose 10 pounds. It's like, yeah, no, 
No wonder, right? Well, I, I, you know, and so it's the same, same for chiropractic research. Sometimes we have to have these like serious conversations with people and people have come in and they'd be like, Hey man, I've been adjusted three times and I've seen no change. Yeah. It's like, well, if you eat three salads and you get on the scale and you see no weight change, you can be mad at the salad. Yeah. It's like, probably not. You're probably going to eat another one and again and again and again and again. Right. Yeah. And it's like, Hey, if this, if you feel like this isn't for you, then like, Hey, we need to put you with people that's for you. But what I'm telling you is that you need to give it a chance. Yeah. Right. I mean, everybody wants to be like, Oh, well, like we're going to do this magic thing and we're going to snap mm -hmm. our fingers or we're going to rub our fingers together. If we can't snap and we're just going to, uh, magically get to the destination. It's like, dude, you probably haven't done it enough. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, like, I think, um, I think too, in, in on that topic too, if that is a recurring conversation in your office it might be a time to look introspect introspectively at where am i doing that right that's a yep. talk about all the time extreme ownership but it's always reflecting the mirror back on yourself with the questions and the conversations especially the objections that you're having i know when i was in dallas um a lot of this a lot something that recurred over and over and over and over again was was rescheduling or people would schedule and then not show up and i realized i had a huge tendency just this time last year of committing whether it be i'm going to go do this workout or i'm going to start this plan or you know even like i'm gonna go get coffee with a friend and then last minute i'll bail right and of course that then became a theme in the practice and really having that those times to okay why does this conversation continue to happen right and it's not just with the same person hmm what am i doing outside of the door outside of these doors to to really bring that on and yep. i think that's definitely something I, I know I at least learned from, from Dr. Brett Jones and a lot of his teachings, but just having that, that introspection of, of what's going on internally and why, and how it can come about into your practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to, uh, like what wrapped up our conversation in our group chat, uh, about, um, you know, how to keep showing up or like, what is the goal or how do you know when enough is enough? Uh, was, you know, of, and we both listen to Andy Priscilla like a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, but Andy is talking about, um, he mentioned, uh, first, well, one, you hit like what hit me today is he's like, you got to build yourself into a weapon. And mm -hmm. um, not necessarily that you have to be dangerous to people, but it, you have to be a force to be reckoned with. Why a, we a weapon is a thing that has enough power to change the course of the situation that people that mm -hmm. you respect that, right? Yeah. And um, so I think that's super big, right? And that's like a, that, has to be that's like one of the goals of the practice is to build the practice into a big enough weapon not necessarily to use it uh for force but to be something that has that commands so much attention um and has so much impact in the community that people have to recognize it right it doesn't matter if you agree with it doesn't matter if not but you understand like hey this is what it does yeah um i think that's huge and then <clears throat> uh he kind of said you know something that really stood out to me is like if you have people who are selling you this like get rich quick or if you just do this this will happen if you just do this you will have success they probably haven't done it themselves for long enough if they're like i was a year in and if you do this you'll be super successful it's probably because they haven't had enough reps and so not what they're selling you is not their experience but they're selling you your dream outcome and that's where their success is coming from is by getting they're selling you your own dream yeah they're selling you your own dreams. And so, um, so then that led me to think, this is kind of where I want to go with it. Uh, what is the sample size or what is the total amount of time that I am willing to put in before I say that, it, that we need to change course, that the practice was a flop or not. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so I'm gonna I'll turn that question to you. What do you feel like is your total amount of time that you would have to sit down and have a hard reality check for with yourself and be like, well, this may or may not work out? Oh, I mean, I think exactly what I started the show with, right? So we have one of our practice members does a lot of the marketing for a big name hospital in Houston and San Antonio, and he offered to revamp our our website and make it you know seo optimized and things like that and really like he knows how to work the meta tags and how to properly place keywords into our descriptions and things like that and he offered to do it free um and i was at first i was like like i really should pay you like i really want to um but he's one of the nicest dudes in the world um and like i mentioned we hadn't seen return on that for four or five months and it was getting to a point where i was like this thing ain't working. I don't know. And then lo and behold, five months in, you know, we get our first phone call from Google. Um, and so I really, I knew one from just the the learning I've done, listening to, to guys like Hormozy and Brunson and uh, Dan Kennedy and all these different marketing, like Google does take a long time. But for me, I, I think the the sample size, one, it depends on different things. Like if I was doing- Talk about your whole practice, yeah, your whole yeah. practice, the whole operation. Oh, like if it was like failing? Just in general, like, yeah, uh, if you if you are not hitting your goals in practice, how long would it take you to not hit your goals to say, like, OK, maybe this isn't for me? I would say pending in which aspect of the practice, anywhere from three to six months, it has to be at least 90 days. I'm talking uh, like close the doors like, hey, we're going to close down within chiropractic. Oh, uh, uh, how long could you how long can you? Like, what do you think is your total time under tension without actually getting some lift in the practice that you can handle? Man, I don't know if I, I don't like to speak that kind of stuff about the practice. Uh, that's a hard, hard question. It's a tough question. So my, the way that I thought, no, actually keep thinking about it. I, um, I mean, like, are we still continuing to like make overhead? Like, can I keep the lights on or like, uh, um, you're okay. You're just making like, all you're doing is keeping lights on. Like you, you don't have any extra money. You're not paying yourself. A, uh, well, like all you can do is pay the bills. How long would you be able to only be able to pay the bills and see no returns on your practice without, before you say like, all right, enough is enough. Hmm. I think that gets closer to nine to 12 months. You think there's, okay. there's, there's a huge revamp that needs to happen. Yep. No, um, I'm talking like, like as you do as many revamps and nothing what lifts. I'm, I'm, it's I, a tough thing. Cause it, you I, don't even pray, think about it. So I, I pray every day that I'm never in this situation. Yeah. So I think about those things. That's why I was like, when I was running today, that's what I was thinking about. But, um, like what would be my total time? And I said, okay, a year. And then it's like, well, a year isn't really not that long. Cause like I'm about to hit a year yep. and uh, it really hasn't been that long. And then I was like, all right, what about three years? And it's like, well, three years isn't really that long. That's only as long as we were at Parker three and a half years. And yeah. that wasn't that long. And I was like, all right, what about five years? It's like, well, five years, I feel like is a good enough sample size to be like, all right, well, maybe we need to change course. But then it's like, well, if you do five years, why don't you just do 10? Cause I, I get that. And then I've also, I mean, right now, like we've talked about, like we're only feeding ourselves. And so 
I think about in five years, I'll have kids. And so that decision becomes drastically different. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think to me, uh, one thing I have thought about quite a bit is, you know, there's the, the whole conversation around emergency savings and having, you know, anywhere from three to six months. And I was talking with someone I, in, in this realm, I value their opinion a lot. And he and I are wired very similarly. And he said, uh, for my entire life, I've only ever had three months because, um, if for whatever reason I need to tap into that by that fourth month, I better be making moves to, to at least, you know, find a new job or this or that. Um, so I think, I don't, I don't know. That's a good question though. Yeah. It's not like, oh, like, uh, like changing course and stuff. Cause I, I mean, I agree, dude, I think sick, uh, you know, two months, if like, okay, if I'm running Google and I'm not seeing any positive trending, none, like zero, no positive trending, like not like, mm-hmm. oh, I did this and my website now gets, I was getting 10 views. Now I'm getting 11. Like that's still in the mm-hmm. positive. Yeah. Um, I'm talking like zero, uh, I'm yeah. saying like, you know, in six weeks you should see some sort of positive trend. All right. Like if I list my thing on Google. Uh, or I get a social, like in six weeks, if like I'm getting three after and I'm posting consistently for six mm-hmm. weeks and I'm not getting four likes by the end of those six weeks, it's like, all right, yeah. well, it might, might be time to change. Yeah. You know, like if we're doing a diet and I haven't lost a sink, not even a quarter of a pound in six yeah. weeks, it's like, well, probably got to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I'm talking like, it was just a thought, like, um, That's a good, how a good long question. could you get kicked down? Like how long could you get beaten down for without quitting? Uh, yeah. and you know, it's tough to say, cause like, we're not in that spot personal, like either of us really. Um, but I would say like, logically, I mean, it's tough dude, to go through that, but I'm, I would think like a solid three to five years and really it would, it would actually matter. Like if like when Kate and I settle down, have kids, that's the time to reassess because we're playing with other people's futures yeah. and stuff. But that's also why we're doing the legwork early. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's um, exactly where I was going to go is. And you and I, I mean, by no means were we successful in our first three to six months. I really don't think that we're considered successful at this point. I I would say that we're yeah exactly doing so well. We're, we're still but... we're still. I mean, we're not by no means are we million dollar practices and you know are paying ourselves six to seven eight k right. Like that would be insane for us to think that. But you know that there could be people that they're like doing the similar numbers to us. And be like, oh, it's just not, just not right. It's like I'm just not successful yet. And to that adage, I think that's where a lot of the the self development, professional development needs to come through, and setting expectations and being around people that are like you and in similar uh, scenarios, and just knowing, oh wait, like I'm, I think one of the best things for me, and I'm sure for Spence, is knowing that there are other people struggling, and that's okay. I think that's one of the best aspects of I, you know. Um, Again, Pastor Earl just has so many gems, but he would he would hype up connect groups at Shoreline City, right? Which is you know you come together with with a random ish group of people from church, and he's like, it's great for couples because then you and your your spouse leave, and you're like, well, I guess we're not as messed up as them, you know. <laughs> and so you get to hear these people share their struggles and know that oh wow, like they're they're doing that. Like I guess I'm I guess I'm doing something right. Or or you get to hear like oh wow, like they're there like what am i not doing right and why 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 am i not there and so yep. it, it speaks to the power I, dude of i mean people around you. yeah dude okay so when people say struggle like so uh kate and i started going across timbers and mm-hmm. um 
they have a thing called uh oh the healing place right which is a like recovery ministry it's absolutely free it's awesome and they advertise for it or they like run the commercial for it everything and the guy always says like we're all struggling we're all struggling and like every time he says that and like people say like oh i am struggling with this i'm struggling with that um or we're struggling with this it always kind of like it always kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth to say the word struggle because like when you acknowledge that there's struggle that means that there's like a uh, a weight that you're unable to lift mm-hmm. and that you don't that you do not see a foreseeable potential to get past right that's what struggle for me says like right like people that struggle uh like are like like when you're struggling to get by that's like homelessness Mm -hmm. i can't put food on the table i'm like i'm on the brink of like death right like i'm on the brink of like there is like like there i'm at the lowest that i could ever go right Mm -hmm. and like and like when you struggle in the gym like when you struggle to lift something like that's like oh i'm like i'm putting as i'm putting maximum effort and getting no movement Mm -hmm. right and so like okay i have challenges but challenges are there to grow me right Mm -hmm. if your practice is like struggling that's that's like oh i'm a year in and i see zero people and i like am pulling loan every single year i'm getting Mm -hmm. no growth no growth a challenge is you're facing resistance and you might not be where you want to be but you're getting positive trending toward the desired result that's what challenges are there for those are awesome those are constructive and those are good things but struggling Mm -hmm. is like dude i'm defeated over and over and over and over and over again that struggle yeah. Um, and I think, you know, it was it was pretty cool. Like I mentioned, my parents just moved here, but they've been living in my 700 square foot apartment for the last four or five nights. And so I've been sleeping on the couch, but um, we were all folding laundry together in my room. And I'll, I don't think I'll ever forget this moment, but I was like, isn't it amazing that this was never our reality? Like we never, like there are families that have shared, like share a single room, single room, like a one bedroom uh apartment that's 700 square feet and you know someone's on the couch or they have you know they make they turn yeah. the room into a bed um and my mom was like how do you even think about that like why, why does that even cross your mind and i think it comes from having that that sense of gratitude and and really getting Dude, around because that's real yeah and and i was just like so filled like so filled with so much like gratitude in that moment because they worked their tail off to make sure that was never a reality for us they they um, they had their struggles no doubt right but they they fought so hard to give us a life that never equated to to that and uh maybe i'm not as tough because of it i don't think that's and that's a joke so i apologize but like it was just it was pretty surreal that now at this point we're like i'm now self-sufficient um like i have a i don't want to say successful business but it's a business that is doing fairly well um and now like they get to come you know stay with me and like we just get to enjoy like closeness together uh knowing one is not permanent and two like that this is was never our reality so it was just a really really cool moment uh for me yeah yeah and the bigger perspective of that is like dude there are par- there are families that would kill to have a one-bedroom apartment mm-hmm. and most of those families like they have a car and parents have jobs dude like what if you what if you were like living in a tent with your kid like with your kids and then what if you didn't even have a tent yeah right and like dude that is struggle man like you are not 
Like that's, that's what I consider struggle. Like dude, those people, they struggle like me coming in here. I got air conditioning. I got lollipops. I'm on a computer. Like, yeah, yeah, I have, I have challenges in my life, but dude, I don't struggle. And, um, I think too, what what helped a lot, I think it was, it was either Gary Vee or Ed Milet posted this stat, but if you make, I think it's, I want to, I don't want to get this stat wrong, but I'm going to get it wrong. I think it's, if you make over either 25,000 or $32,000 a year, you are in the 1% of the world, which is insane because in America, that is like not great. Right. Yeah. So it's like, whoa, like when you shift your perspective like that, it really does something for you. And if you're like, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, this is a bunch of, this is a crack crap. Like they're just talking about gratitude and being thankful for everything. Like that doesn't have power. You practice some gratitude for the car or the headphones that you have. And that like, there are people that, that worked hard or you worked hard for that. And if you are listening to this podcast, you have access to the internet, which means <laughs> that you are on some sort of electronic device that is worth at least $300 yeah. or above. Right. Right. And we just take yeah. all these things, all these things for granted. And I think that's been a big power of going in the entrepreneurial realm of really realizing, Oh, wow. Like, like this, not everything I need. I can't take anything for granted. Like when we were talking earlier about how, you know, you just end up buying this or that. And you're like, I need this or I need that. And it's like, wow. Like I put in countless amounts of hours just to be able to pay for this new microphone or for this new, I bought a chair. new piece of furniture. Right. And it's like, and it's like, wow. Like I, at one point I was like, drowning and being like i don't know if i would be able to buy anything and now here you are four or five months later being like yeah i just bought this chair and it is what it is you know yeah man i mean and that it's just all about showing up so consistently right to kind of wrap up our theme like doing the monotonous work showing up consistently right those are the things that help you overcome these challenges and if you feel like you're in practice and you're like dude we're never gonna make it we're never gonna make it we're never gonna make it and it's like well are you gonna show up Mm-hmm. right the only time that you lose is when you quit and that's the game the yeah. only time the game ends is when you decide to pull out of the game yeah. and uh the second that you're dude i mean it's i i mean for a while it was like every day i would come in and be like man i don't know if i made the right decision and now it's like well i'm too far in might as well just keep doing it mm-hmm. yep and that's yeah. definitely a, a real thing um so I hope I hope you guys were able to take away quite a bit. I know we we went off on the rails going in t- so many different directions, but I really think this was one of our more powerful episodes. And if you did enjoy it, would really love if you shared it with with a friend or a colleague. Maybe maybe gift a try below you or someone a year below you that is is coming up and you've been trying to mentor them. And maybe this is something they need to hear or send it to a parent that doesn't believe in chiropractic or something like that. But I would really value you sharing or posting on Instagram. And we would love to love to connect. Let us know what you want to hear. Let us know uh, what you thought. And most importantly, let us know if I am funnier or if Spencer is funnier. Uh, And that's not looks that's talking about pure comedy right there. So really appreciate you guys look forward to posting more episodes and continue to share the journey that is chiropractic entrepreneurship. Yep. I think we know the answer to your question. All right. Peace. Peace.